Hi, I'd like to have the honor of introducing Morgan Falaska, who is the owner of Downtown Cookies in Haddonfield, New Jersey, on our show for Food Farms and Chefs. Morgan, welcome to our show. Hi, thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you again also because um, for our listeners who, you know, obviously are not privy to all the background stuff, I was frazzled and I was running around and I ran into into you, Morgan, at a event that was happening in Medford, New Jersey, which is where I met you. Um, and I was like, oh, my goodness, because re- you were on my bucket list to bring on. So <laughs> it was just kismet that I actually <laughs> ran into you. Absolutely. Good timing. <laughs> so given that I, you know, had you on my list where I wanted to bring you on, what, how did you get started in this business? So it's kind of a long, long story, but not really. So my grandfather is a farmer um, and he kind of always taught me since I was a, you know, an infant that um, all natural foods are the best. So we would walk through the fields, we'd pick blueberries off the bushes, peaches off the trees. We'd eat the most delicious tree ripened foods right then and there. So kind of right from the start, it spoiled me for being a foodie. So my dad's an entrepreneur with a very successful business today. My mom is a CPA, but also a homemaker who is an incredible cook and a baker. Um, so they instilled this business sense in me and my brother from a very young age. So I went to business school. I attended Villanova University. Um, where they were both educated, so I followed in their footsteps. And I also spent my childhood in the kitchen kind of baking and cooking with my mom. So I learned everything from her, and she actually continues to help me bake every single day in the bakery. Um, So I went to business school, and then I worked in uh, corporate world for a couple of years after. And then, of course, the pandemic hit, um, and I started baking 24-7, and it kind of just took off from there. So I started doing farmer's markets in the summer of 2020, mid-pandemic, and then I got this crazy loyal following, and um, I was kind of selling out in 35 minutes at the Haddonfield Farmer's Markets, where I would spend every single weekend. I would work 40 hours a week, go home and bake, ship out orders, and it, it really just kind of exploded from there. Um, and I mean, you have a product, obviously, that everybody is going to want to gravitate to because I don't know too many people who don't look at a cookie or some sort of dessert and, you know, start salivating. Uh, Absolutely. You know, and, and but the you, great. No, I was going to say, no, go. The crazy thing, what? So the crazy thing is I kind of started this and I had a 10 page business plan. And of course, my dad's an entrepreneur. So I went to him and I said, hey, look this is what I want to do. Um, you know, what do you think? What am I missing? You know, what am I, you know, am the right niche? Cause it did start out as a full product bakery, which, you know, there is a flooded market. There's a ton of sweets, there's a ton of bakeries. So then I went to this niche of just cookies and he was a little hesitant at first because of course there is this flooded market. But then when I kind of presented this product to him, he knew that right then and there, there was a superior product. And then of course my mission that was like, you know, it will really make you stand apart. <laughs> Obviously. And, you know, I have I ha, I was gifted by you um, two of your cookies, which are absolutely delicious, by the way. Um, <laughs> so thank you so much for the cookies, because that that was nice also because I was running around. So, you know, they're, your your original chocolate chip and in the 
peanut butter, the chocolate peanut butter cookie was amazing. So thank you. Happy to hear it. Of course. <laughs> And, you know, one thing that I would like to say also is you make sure that, you know, people know that there's allergies, you know, so there's an allergy warning if you have, because as I said, chocolate peanut butter, there's an allergy for nuts. Um, you mm-hmm. make sure that that's on there too. So I that- do. And I've never, I've never grown up kind of knowing somebody that had an allergy. Um, so I've always never really took too much um, thought into it. But as soon as I opened a bakery, I realized how many, you know, allergens there are actually out there and how many people need to be very cautious so I do my best while we're not an allergen free kitchen I do my best to not only put the warnings out there but not cross-contaminate so if that allergy is not so severe they can still enjoy the cookies and the products without being too worrisome which is you know know, oh sorry go Jean and and bakeries are one of the more difficult businesses for that because so many products that you use in bakery I mean Peanut butter, so it's a common area. Obviously, eggs. Mm-hmm. You know, we use mm-hmm. eggs in everything. We won't even get into celiac and gluten because oh, absolutely, you know, that's everywhere. And you know, then you get things like coconut and and nuts are so common. So you know, mm-hmm. really, you have a hard job in that aspect because there's so many allergens that are just key ingredients in baking. Absolutely. Um, so one of the other things that I want to mention is that, you know, your cookies, if, if somebody doesn't, um, bring them home and, you know, eat them immediately, you have a, you know, directions on how to heat it up too. Like, which I think that's important too, because everybody likes a, a cookie fresh out of the oven. Absolutely. So what kind of my, my start right off in the day is I bake enough to get us through maybe the morning. And then I try to continuously bake throughout the day. So if it's a really busy day, more than likely you'll walk into the the bakery on, you know, any given day and we might have warm or hot cookies right out of the oven. And then of course, like you had mentioned, if you aren't enjoying them right then and there, I do advise that they go home, pop it in the oven, pop it in the microwave, freeze them if you're not going to enjoy them right away and then take them out and they're good as day one. So it's but they definitely have some longevity and some shelf life if you, you know, properly put them away. I guess my my big question, we kind of skated around it a little bit. Where did you get this wonderful talent for baking cookies from, though? I mean, it's a real niche product. You know, it's not something like, you know, you just one day started baking. You know, it it requires some knowledge, some skill. you know, a really good sense of product and understanding. Where did all that come from? Uh, Probably my mom. My mom's an incredible baker. Now, neither of us have a baking background, so a lot of trial and error. I mean, I, (laughs) as a kid, I didn't understand what baking soda, what baking powder did. Now, of course, I do because I've, you know, kind of made myself well-versed in it, and I actually um, had a group of older, uh, like a senior home come and actually watch me bake, and then I kind of taught them the science behind it, which I've kind of taught myself. Now, you know, growing up, my mom and I, she had this one recipe that is the base of my chocolate chip that has become the most popular and the most famous. And growing up, people would say, please, please, Mrs. Velasco, please bring it to the house. So parties and whatever. So it definitely comes from her. But the background itself really comes from trial and error. We went through 50, 60 batches when we started this. 
And we know there were so many that we threw out because they weren't puffy enough. They weren't gooey enough. They weren't this, that. So we really had to trial and error. And again, we don't have the background. So it really is learn as we go. And people ask me it may be some specific baking questions and I have no idea, but I will try to figure it out by that trial and error process. So you have several. No, I I was going to say understanding that science, and I I applaud you for doing that uh, as a culinarian and as a culinary instructor. You know, one of the things that I love to do was teach people, you know, I would start a recipe and, and, you know, if the recipe called for a teaspoon of salt. I would, you know, mm-hmm. bake a batch with a quarter teaspoon and a half teaspoon, mm-hmm. then the correct full teaspoon, then mm-hmm. one and a half teaspoons, then two teaspoons, then a tablespoon. And, you know, watching, you can see what happens. And it's what a happens, great way absolutely. to do it. So it sounds like you did a lot of that. Oh, we did. <laughs> and I honestly think the, the leavenings is probably the thing that we had to mess with the most. And what I'm still learning is how much of a variation all of these all natural products are. So like I use real butter, real eggs. I crack every single egg. We use the best vanilla out there. So I've learned that, you know, sometimes the humidity plays a huge part. So my cookies might be flat one morning and then I use butter and this butter, this batch of butter for some crazy reason makes them a little bit greasier than normal. So I've learned that there's so many other factors that go into just having that butter or that perfect measurement of leavening. It's just there's so many other factors that attribute to the perfect cookie. Absolutely. So um, it's funny that you mentioned butter in particular. I mean, obviously, that's one of the key ingredients. Um, But and this, you know, (laughs) feel free to sponsor our show. But Keller's butter is one of my favorite butters to use um, when I'm cooking (laughs) or baking, um, you know, because it just it brings just that correct flavor and um, texture profile. Uh, so I I know what you mean when you say that because it, it matters. All the key ingredients matter. So I, I assume that you have specific, you know, vendors or whatever that you go to on a regular basis. Are any of them? I, I yeah, I do. Um, I One of the things that this new market of this, you know, crazy current industry that we're dealing with with all the rising prices that – one of the things I do on my one day off a week is I price shop. So I do have my one set vendor that I do get my butter and my eggs from, but it's just skyrocketing skyrocketing so much that I've had to actually price shop so much. And I go to six or seven different stores in a given day just to find the best price, but also the best, you know, highest quality ingredients, if you'd say. Now, uh, why don't you go over some of your different cookies flavors that you offer yeah definitely so we have kind of what we pride ourselves as in sticking with the traditional flavors so the chocolate chip the oatmeal raisin peanut butter chocolate we have a sugar cookie that people actually specifically come to the store for because it's a little it looks traditional but it's um a little atypical we actually use a, a tree nut in it so it gives it a very um light nutty flavor um we also have a s'mores cookie, um, cookies and cream. Um, what else do we have? We have a monthly flavor that um, changes every month. So this month is a key lime pie. Next month will be a lemon blueberry. And people actually have a, we have a line out of the store for the lemon blueberry cookie. It's definitely our most popular 
Um, we have weekend specials, so we'll do a triple peanut butter. Um, it's a peanut butter-based cookie. We put a Reese's cup inside of it, and then we roll it in Reese's pieces. So we really try to keep it uh, new while we always have, like, the, you know, nine or ten flavors that are our quote-unquote traditional flavors. We always try to keep it relevant with some new trendy flavors. We always ask the customers what they want to see, what are something, you know, that in season that you guys would like to see. So we really try to engage the customer base, um, but also put out some traditional flavors. You have a cookie club there at the bakery. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about that. Yeah, so one of the things that one of my customers actually brought up probably when I first started was um, he was not actually from the area. So he said, oh, I would love to get a box shipped every month, but like, I'm not picky. So I just want whatever is the most popular. So I was kind of focused on many other things in the beginning, but now that things have started to settle down and I've kind of started to do this cookie club where it's a subscription-based um, cookie box, so you could call it, um, and then it's either a dozen or a half dozen of the most popular cookies that month. So it typically always sticks with the traditional chocolate chip and then maybe one other, and then we'll, I'll put in some weekend specials, I'll put in that monthly special. So you never really know what you're going to get, but you'll get that for three months, you open the box, and you get to try that array of cookies for the month. So I have to ask, just because it's a discussion among all cookie lovers in the world, and I'm going to ask your opinion on this. Are you a soft cookie person, or are you one of them firm, I could dunk it in my coffee cookie people? <laughs> so I'm in between. So I am of Italian heritage, and my grandmother had me drinking coffee since I was two years old. She actually put it into my sippy cup. So if it's a biscotti, I some moods I'm in, I prefer a biscotti. So it's that nice crunchy dip in my coffee kind of cookie. But 90% of the time, I'm a soft, ooey-gooey, chocolate chip, salted caramel pretzel kind of girl. <laughs> now that's yeah, my kind I, I of... Actually, yeah, I like both. I They both have a place. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It's a mood. It's a mood. <laughs> Yes, absolutely, 100%. Um, how about some, do you do any like type of catering for corporate, for gifts, for, you know, holiday season for companies, favors for events, any type of absolutely. things like that that our listeners might be interested in? Absolutely, yeah. So we kind of do all of that. So um, a huge part of what I currently do is event favors. So we are actually doing a wedding this week. Um, we individually wrap them in cellophane, tag, ribbon. Um, we really personalize it. So I sit down with every customer that comes in that is interested, and I say, hey, what's the theme? What are the colors? What would you like to tag to say? Do you want satin ribbon curling? I really personalize it to every single person. Um, we could do little boxes to make it more elegant and sophisticated. Um, and then, you know, there was a customer who came in and said, hey, I need 200 to 300 favors, but I want this instead of what you typically do. I'll work with them on creating that. So there is a lot of flexibility in making what you want kind of come to life. Um, we do event play, you know, favors. We do platters. We have a huge corporate piece of it as well. Um, so my, actually my dad's in corporate world. So right off the bat, he kind of put me into contact with a lot of his vendors and customers. So I've gotten um, to know a lot of really great people, and they've kind of been so supportive and then kind of reached out to all of their friends and we do um, holiday boxes, so they ship. Um, we probably did like, I don't know, 2,500 cookies. I think it was like a total of 1,100 dozen um, over Christmas time, shipping out to corporate, um, you know, people and just kind of getting the word out there. 
Um, but yeah, literally anything and everything that you can think of, we do um, and kind of customize from there. We also do cookie cakes. That's been a really popular thing. We have four flavors. We have chocolate chip, uh, sea salt caramel, s'mores, and then cookies and cream. And they're obviously personalized as well with happy birthday, congratulations, whatever the occasion may be. That sounds delicious. So um, before we get your tags and where to find you online um, and in person, one more question to ask you is where are you vending over the next couple of weeks so that people can find you at farmer's markets? Absolutely. So um, we will be probably the only two that we have going on this summer, um, just because it's kind of just me. Um, We'll be at Medford and we'll also be at the Deptford Farmer's Market. Um, We'll probably make a special appearance sometime in July at the Haddonfield Farmer's Market as well. um, But we can keep you posted on that. And uh, for all of our listeners who are, you know, salivating, wanting to get their hands on some of your cookies, where can they find you online? Where what can they do if they would like to have it shipped out, and where can they find you in person? Absolutely. So in person, our store is located at one two three Kings Highway East, and that's in Haddonfield, New Jersey. Um, like I said, at the farmers market, you can find us if you go on our website, um, downtowncookies.com. We have an order online tab where you can ship cookies nationwide. I think we've reached about thirty three states, so I'd love to hit all fifty states. Um, <laughs> Um, but so that's online Um, and then we're actually a little plug here we're doing a cookie eating contest um, on July 9th and 100% of the proceeds from that event will be going to the Haddonfield Educational Trust Um, so it's a really cool event we're going to see how many cookies mini chocolate chip cookies um, that everyone can eat in three minutes so it should be a really cool um, event that's very cool um, Are they soft or firm hot chocolate chip? <laughs> <laughs> and do you provide milk? <laughs> absolutely. I, I don't absolutely. They're soft. I don't need any milk. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. <laughs> All right. Well, Morgan, thank you so much for joining us on Food Farms thank and you. Chefs. I look forward to buying more cookies from you. Thank you, Morgan. Thank you. It's so great to be on. I appreciate it. Let's, thank you, Morgan. Let's take a break and we'll be right back. To become a sponsor of our show and have your business or event promoted on every single podcast platform, two Philadelphia radio stations on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. evening drive time and FM station in New York, send us an email to either foodfarmsandchefs at yahoo.com or diningonadime at yahoo.com. And we're back. Amorous Pollock, introduce us to your fabulous guests. Hi, everyone. I'd like to introduce you to our guests, Michelle and Molly. They are the owners of the Gunkoff Plants and Gifts in Old Kensington in Philadelphia. Michelle and Molly, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for having us. We're excited to be here. I'm excited to have you on too. Um, and you guys have been blowing up like on across social media and media in general. So it's exciting to have you on because, you know, we're getting on the ground floor of, uh, of, of, of your business. That's the, ground. <laughs> the ground floor of the ground. We like it. Exactly. <laughs> so um, for our listeners out there, what is the ground coffee plants and gifts? It's a small community-based coffee shop that sells um, Taiwanese bubble tea, French pastries, and locally roasted coffees and espresso drinks, as well as Italian sodas. 
And then on top of all of these yummy things, we also sell plants and gifts. Now, are the plants that you, um, uh, that you're selling are they suck more succulents or are they you know more of like air like easy to maintain? Because somebody like me walking in, I kill plants. I'm like the the green thumb or the anti green thumb. So, so I you know we, we get that a lot. Yeah, so I gravitate towards you know succulents. Um, do you have more succulents in there or are you you know? A variety where it's like somebody who has a green thumb has, you know, options to, to purchase as, you know, a plant. We have quite a variety. So we do have um, some traditional house plants, everything from rubber trees and spider plants and a variety of pothoses to a few succulents. Uh, we'll be getting more succulents in soon. It's kind of a changing stock based on what sells and what we can get our hands on um, to sell to everyone. But we get everyone that comes in, a lot of people are worried about killing their houseplants, so much so that we have a book called How Not to Kill Your <laughs> Houseplants that sold out. It sold out in the first couple of weeks of us opening that we, we can't keep it in stock. But we do have a lot of different plants for all different levels of gr- green thumbs or black thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm your black thumb. <laughs> um, yeah, trust me, she can kill a plastic plant. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a question for you. Uh, your coffees that we're talking about that, that are locally roasted, are do you do the roasting yourselves or do you work with small roasters in the area uh, for your coffees? Or you know? Yeah, we actually work with um, Saxby's Coffee and they have a roastery in Point Breeze, part of Philadelphia, and they bring in um, single origin um coffees from different family-owned farms in South America and Africa. And so we're really lucky to kind of have them on our side, mentoring us through the coffee side. And then, you know, they're employing lots and lots of great Philadelphians to do the work and roast us our delicious beans. So it's it's good stuff. No, they're a wonderful company. I, I've been in and around the coffee business for many, many, many years. And people have no idea the art of roasting coffee you know uh so many companies use big computer you know driven machines and it's really not there it's you know the artistic work that they do the understanding you know of uh all that it's just a really wonderful 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 thing so um yeah they're really amazing to work with. They're one of the only B Corp certified coffee companies in the world. That was really important for us in working with them. So the amount of effort um, and energy they put into like working with sustainable farms, you know, direct um, small family owned businesses and bringing that here um, and the level of care they put into it is, you know, super inspiring. And we also hope to become a B Corp someday. And so for us, um, you know, having low impact um, carbon footprint is big and, and having a local roaster, you know, within 100 miles is, is big for us, too. And it really is a wonderful thing. And people, again, you know, who go and buy their buy their coffee, uh, you know, at the supermarket or whatever, they don't understand the, the value of sustainable farming and sustainable coffee. You know, years ago, in order to keep up with demand, everything was being done in, you know, full sun growing and mm-hmm. you got such a great yield very fast, but it wasn't sustainable because 
you know, the plants would die after a few years. And mm-hmm. we ended up, uh, you know, you may not be old enough to remember, but we ended up actually with a coffee shortage. If there's anything in the world you don't want, it's a coffee shortage. I was just going to say, <laughs> I, I survive off of coffee. I drink it all day long. <laughs> I probably don't remember because I'm sure I was passed out during that, unable to function. <laughs> Um, I'm going to switch gears from coffee to tea because uh, you guys also offer bubble tea, which not everybody knows what bubble tea is because, you know, not everybody is, you know, exposed to that. So tell us a little bit about bubble tea and the different flavors that you have. Sure. I feel like bubble tea is such a big craze right now, especially with um, if you guys have any like teenagers in your life, I'm sure they're telling you um, that they need bubble tea, which is pretty funny. But um, bubble tea is like a Taiwanese um, dessert drink that's really big across Asia right now. I'm, I'm of Asian descent and have kind of been drinking bubble tea my whole life, but it's certainly coming into the mainstream now. And uh, it's simply the, the most original type of bubble tea is a creamy sweet milk tea it's a black tea base with um tapioca balls that are shaped into little round circles and then steeped in like a brown sugar so in this cold drink that you're drinking um you have an extra big straw and then you'll you know slurp up a delicious little round quote-unquote boba or bubble And from that, it's just turned into like thousands of flavors and variations on that. Um, And so it's really exciting. We have um, probably a hundred flavor combinations that you could come up with in our shop. Um, And it's been super popular and very, very well received. There aren't many options for bubble tea um, in this kind of like Fishtown, Kensington area. So it's, it's exciting for the neighborhood to have have that there and have it close by. That is exciting. And and I love bubble tea. Like, and I know that certain people are, you know, not such huge fans of things that have texture in it. So do you Mm -hmm. also offer the the tea without the boba balls? Definitely. And, you know, tapioca is chewy. I think anyone who's had like tapioca pudding can kind of like, you know, understand the context of what that texture is that we're discussing. But we also have um, new bursting boba. And I know that sounds even crazier, but they're like little tiny um, round circles that are actually filled with real fruit juice. So as opposed to something that you would chew when it comes into your mouth, they kind of just pop. And like, let's say you're drinking like a watermelon green tea, but then the little boba will come up and then burst a totally different flavor. Like maybe it's lychee or passion fruit. So it's, it's fun. It's like an exciting way to drink something refreshing. (laughs) Um, And it is obviously, I mean, honestly, it's hilarious to watch someone um, drink a bubble tea for the first time because it feels very foreign to be drinking a liquid and then have, this little round dessert thing show up in your mouth. Yeah. It is one of our favorite things when someone says they've never tried bubble tea before, like, oh, please let us watch each other. <laughs> it's so entertaining. Yeah. So you also offer um, pastries, and I know that Jean is a chef and well-versed in, you know, baking and yeah. cooking. So, you know, feel free to pop in with some of your information too, Jean, but what kind of French pastries do you offer? So we... 
So knowing how important really good pastries are, we did not try to tackle that ourselves. <laughs> we love baking, but we're not we're not a French uh, uh, pastry experts by any means. So we partnered with Alphernail, which is a company in Narborough, Pennsylvania. So again, trying to stay local and stay close. And they they create pastries for a lot of cafes throughout the city, but it's a true French patisserie bakery, and they're very traditional in the way they do things. Um, so we're getting croissants from them, chocolate croissants brioches, beignets, a little bit of everything. And it, the quality is just amazing. And it's really delicious. And there's no way we could do a better job than those guys could do. And they bake throughout the night. So, I mean, they we literally walk in to open the coffee shop and our order's sitting on the counter. It's awesome. They just work throughout the night and they're very serious about having, you know, super fresh pastry. Like you're not allowed to sell day old. It's like that day. That's That's what's going on there. It's funny how, the, you know, French pastries stand alone and really being a product that is so unique. I have a daughter who is vegan and mm. she took a gap year and traveled Europe. And mm. while she was over there, she said, you know, dad, just to let you know, I'm, I'm not vegan anymore. I'm like, wow. Okay. You know, where did that come from? She said, croissants. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, well, I, it makes totally sense to me. You know, you, you butter. I mean, she said, yeah, I tried some vegan croissant. No, can't do that. It has to be French. And and it is absolutely the truth. There's nothing like it in the world. Right. And we are. We appreciate all spectrums of whatever anyone eats. So we do make a, a effort to have vegan bubble teas and definitely some plant-based milk options. But the French pastries have butter in them. There's no way around it. Yeah, there's no circumventing that for sure. No, and then why should there be? I mean, I, I, I admire chefs who could use more butter than I can because that, you know, you're doing something. <laughs> butter, but, you know, there are a few that I know who can just incorporate so much butter in the products. Tell us a little bit about your history, how you got started, like what, Made you open up this business? I mean, that is a fantastic question. <laughs> I, I would say um, Molly and I were both consultants. And I think during, um, you know, the shutdowns, I think a lot of people had kind of unexpected time to reevaluate uh, what they wanted to be doing with their lives. And um, for us, we've worked with a lot of like B2B and thinking about what would be fun and incorporating our kind of hobbies together. We decided to kind of open this shop and um, I hadn't been involved with the, the larger building. We're inside of um, a pretty large apartment complex called the Gotham. And I just realized like it's a really fun neighborhood, lots of cool and interesting people moving there. And yeah, we just decided to kind of yeah, grow we our work well together. We, we cook together a lot with our families and, um, just get along well and this opportunity sometimes things just start to come together and having Saxby's as our coffee mentor and the building working with us to get the space ready and our love of plants it just it just started to make sense it seemed easy to do it wasn't easy but <laughs> it, definitely wasn't easy. <laughs> it seemed easy yeah <laughs> so did you grow up I mean both of you obviously have a, a love of coffee and French pastries but did you you know grow up trying, you know, different coffees, experimenting with, you know, 
the gourmet coffee makers in the city of Philadelphia and, and doing all that? Or is it, you know, was this all really learning, you know, at, as you go? I feel like we definitely had a baseline. We're both pretty serious coffee drinkers and we certainly both like love to cook and, and really have a big respect for restaurants and chefs and, you know, our kind of foodies that word a funny word, but I just feel like it <laughs> pertains to us. And a lot of our social time revolves around kind of going to try food or making food um, and or drinks. So we kind of had that baseline going into it of, a decent amount of knowledge of mm-hmm. the food scene in Philadelphia. And coffee culture is universal. Everywhere has, and, and Michelle, neither Michelle or I are from Philadelphia originally. We've lived in a lot of different places, but you see that everywhere you go. And even I think the bubble tea to me is like an extension of coffee culture because it's getting together. It's always in a little cafe, lots of different flavors of just enjoying a drink and enjoying social time together. So being able to create a space that incorporated all of our favorite things with the coffee drinks and the bubble tea and the plants just made sense for that's where we'd want yeah. to hang out. <laughs> so hopefully it's where everyone wants to hang out. Yeah. Basically we just built a, a business of where we wanted to be every day. And we just hope that other people feel the same. Right. That's what we're throwing out there. And how is your business being received? Obviously being in a large apartment building, it can't get any more convenient than that. You have a, an extremely loyal customer base, but you know, just in the North Kensington neighborhood, and you know, people really, uh, you know, coming in and, and you know, trying your coffee and then experimenting with everything else you do. Are you converting people and educating people? Absolutely. I think we've had some really incredible um, interactions with neighbors. There are so many friendly, amazing people over there. And we've certainly done some educating on the bubble tea side. And we've certainly learned things, too, from um, different neighborhood folks on drinks that they like. You know, they'll come in and give us ideas on what they want to try or something that's close to them. And we're always ready to roll our sleeves up and give it a whirl. Um, we just made an espressado the other yeah, day. That delicious. By request, oh. someone had, they had traveled and had, um, it's basically espresso with uh, club soda and sometimes an additional flavor, mm-hmm. right? And it fizzes up and has this like interesting interaction. So it, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun learning all around for sure. It's a very rare drink that you very seldom come across somebody <laughs> who even has an idea what it is. So, so where can people find you on social media? How can people uh, come over and see you? Give us uh, your your social media and your location, and all the contact information our listeners are going to need. Okay, yeah. Well, we um, we try to stay very active on Instagram. We're enjoying making reels and videos of of how our drinks are made and showcasing our plants there, and it's the ground CPG on um, Instagram. And I think that'll connect us to Facebook. And then our website is the ground CPG.com. And that's got a lot of um, our information of where to find us. We also are just starting some e-commerce where you can buy some of our plants and pots online for pickup or at least browse and see the selection that we have. So really our website and Instagram is the best way. And then we're located um, right on the border of Norris Square in Old Kensington, and that's 2000 North 2nd Street, um, right at Norris and North 2nd. Look for the turquoise tables outside. (laughs) (laughs) 
One final question before we go. Um, something I learned a long time ago doing the flower show and the coffee there. Do you use your coffee grounds at all as part of your fertilizer or anything like that for the plants? Because it tends to be an amazing fertilizer. Absolutely. Um, we actually have our greenhouse in Mount Airy where we try to grow some of the plants and we use some of the grounds there. And then we're very lucky that the Gotham, which is the building that we're in, they have a green roof division and do quite a bit of landscaping. And they also take our grounds and repurpose them into soil right there on site. And they're doing some community garden work with it also. That's absolutely fabulous to hear. Well, thank you for doing that and, you know, focusing on sustainability. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and including us on your show. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing your, your, you know, your place and seeing all the green, you know, when I go in there, it'll feel nice, fresh and bright. And then I'll brighten up even more with some coffee. (laughs) Awesome. Hey, you got to bring the whole crew. I I feel like there may be some, uh, Bubble tea virgins amongst your crew somewhere. <laughs> I really like to. I feel like I'm sitting like next that. to the bubble tea version. <laughs> thank, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Let's take a break and we'll be right back. You can find Chef Gene Blum at ibfoodie2 across all social media or email him at ibfoodie2 at yahoo.com. And you can find Amaris Pollock at arpollockus across social media or email her at arpollockus at gmail.com to become a sponsor of the show or become a guest in Food Farms and Chefs. And we're back. Chef Gene, introduce us to your fabulous guest. Well, it is always a pleasure to talk with the number one uh, wine and spirits provider in the Wilmington area, as well as one of the most generous business owners you could find. And now on his resume, uh, Wilmington's leading expert on Swedish meatballs, uh, Francesca <laughs> Paglero or Frank at frankswine.com. Frank, welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. Hey, thanks so much. Glad to be back on. It's always a great pleasure to have you. And sorry about picking on you there about the Swedish meatball uh, thing. You know, I know over the weekend you had an opportunity to be a judge at a Swedish meatball uh, event in the Old Swedes Church or the Old Swedes Center in Wilmington, which is a great historic site. Um, You know, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I just kind of found a little humor that, you know, someone who is obviously very strong in Italian heritage got picked to do Swedish meatballs. It had to be a fun experience. You know, it really was. And, uh, and it was, what a great spot that is too. You know, I, I, I've, uh, been in Wilmington my entire life and I've never made it to the, uh, old sweets church, which is like the oldest church in, in, uh, in Delaware, which, you know, Delaware being the first state, likely the first uh, church, period. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was a really cool experience. And, um, you know, my closest uh, my, my, my closest introduction to uh, any Swedish meatball was, has been like, you know, Ikea in uh, Philly. It's about it, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. We had, a, we had a great time doing it. Lots, lots of fun. 
Well, I, you know, I would love to spend an afternoon talking uh, Swedish meatballs <laughs> with, uh, you know, someone of Italian descent, but it's summertime and summertime is about cocktails at the beach, cocktails at the pool, cocktails in general. So from, you know, my number one source of what's good to drink, what's going on in the world of spirits, what's hot for the summer? You know what has been so incredibly hot, which it, same deal as last year too, tequila. Tequila is just absolutely on fire. We're, we're just bouncing around from one brand to another that's out of stock from our suppliers, whether it's Espelon or Casamigos or, you know, the ever so hard to get Clase Azul, you know, things that, that uh, brands that are, are iconic in our industry are just running out like literally month after month. So there's zero continuity with like your favorite brand of tequila, uh, which kind of gives people and I, you know, gives people an opportunity to bounce around and try something new, um, which is always kind of cool. But yeah, I'd say tequila is, is, uh, is without a doubt the number one hot, hot uh, cocktail to go to right now. Not just margaritas. I mean, people are using, you know, Añejos in their Manhattans and uh, Reposado old fashions. It's, it's, it's great. I, I just know, like, around us in Wilmington, a lot of the bartenders are getting super creative with mezcals, especially. You know, any scotch drinker loves a, a nice, smoky mezcal cocktail. Um, so, yeah, Absolutely. we're, we're cocktailing it with tequila, for sure. That's, a, you know, a great thing. And people do need to, you know, think just, you know, hit your friend Google up or when you're down at Frank's buying your tequila, you know, ask for some advice. Tequila is not just margaritas. It is so much more. And even just, you know, neat tequilas have so much flavor. Uh, there's such a great, you know, variety of things out there. And, and as you mentioned, you know, getting into mezcals, which is a whole nother realm of it all, you know, you can find so much. How about in the, in the line of uh, any new you know, hot sparkling beverages that are hitting the market now or anything like that that our listeners should be aware of or, you know, some of the the, the new canned beverages that we can buy in canned cocktails? Yeah, so canned cocktails, um, I, I'd say they're still, they're, I mean, to me, the, the canned cocktails are, are going more towards, towards uh, there's a lot of them, like Dogfish Head from Delaware is doing some great stuff with their canned cocktails just quality, you know, dogfish head spirits uh, with really cool pre-mixed cocktails in a can, you know, just single serving or, or a lot of them are just like, you know, two or three servings per can, which, which can get a little scary for some people because some people are just used to opening a 12 ounce can and just going at it like a beer and um, let alone, you know, then <laughs> before you know it, you're, you're, you're drinking uh, three or four cocktails worth. In, in, in one sitting, so uh, they can get a little dangerous. Got to, got to definitely wa- read the uh, read the can and see how many uh, check out how many servings are in per can. But there's definitely a lot of great ones out there. Uh, Copper Can is another really cool one. They do uh, a line of mules that's that's really cool. Um, Dash Fire is an excellent, really great quality cocktail. Um, and th- those are single serving in, in like a real small 150 milliliter uh, can 
just really just meant to like pour over ice or just neat on, on some of these. Uh, their Manhattan is amazing. They're doing really cool, like, you know, with infusion of fig and, and vanilla, vanilla bean, just really, really neat, neat stuff. Elderflower, uh, Martinez. I mean, just really neat stuff. Love it. So yeah, they've definitely expanded a lot. And especially this time of the year with people out by the pool, you know, it's easy to just come in and just grab a handful of cans and just do it up right poolside without all the fuss of many ingredients. I, I certainly agree with you. One of the things that I find really interesting is that you are really responsible for changing my outlook on this. Just prior to this, I just kind of like shrugged it off as, oh, well, whatever, is the amazing non-alcoholic cocktails that are available and the blending of things and all that, you are starting to carry a whole line of, you know, unique flavors where people can really have something new and different by the poolside, but don't have to worry about, you know, that 45 minute drive back home or anything like that. How did you get involved in that? You know, you're right. That whole, non-alcoholic NA um, concept and, and product line that we have at my shop is just, it has, has exploded since January. You know, we really kind of, really kind of kicked it off like in January, you know, I, I'd say kicked it off like last December promoting dry January where everybody just wants to, uh, you know, take a break on, on their, on their cocktailing. And um, one of the, uh, one of my staff that, that has been at my shop for about a year and a half, Nicole, um, she went dry last February um, because it's the shortest month. She didn't want to do January. She did dry February, uh, but of, of 2020 and um, or 21 rather 2021 and literally has been dry ever since. I mean, it's it, it, she just kind of changed her whole lifestyle and, and you know she enjoyed wine and beer and cocktails but you know she, she's really helped me to build and curate an amazing line of not just non-alcoholic beer because that's everywhere i mean and every major brand is doing a non-alcoholic beer whether it's dogfish head sam adams um you know heineken st Pauli girl you know all the imports I mean, we, we probably easily have 20 non-alcoholic beers, but just a, a great line of non-alcoholic red, white, rosé, sparkling wine, and even more interesting, non-alcoholic bourbon, non-alcoholic tequila, rum, gin. I mean, legit, anything and everything that, that you could make a great cocktail out of, we can like equate a buzz-free zero proof cocktail for you. And it will be absolutely delicious. They're just quality, quality products and they're not cheap. You know I mean? Like a bottle of non-alcoholic tequila is going to be 30 bucks a bottle. You know, it's, uh, it, 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 it's legit. And, um, yeah. So Nicole's just done a bang up job at the shop every Saturday. She promotes a new cocktail just this past Saturday. She did a delicious, um, Naperol spritz, we called it N A Aperol, you know, N A P E R Naperol spritz and non alcoholic. And um, it was amazing. I mean, it, she sold us out of our non alcoholic Aperol. Um, it, yeah, just, just absolutely amazing. Um, 
we're actually doing a, uh, we're really going to really hit it hard this upcoming holiday season. You know, we, thanks to Gene, always kind of throwing some uh, business our way with, with um, clients, uh, whether they're, they're brides getting married or, or uh, corporations that are having their holiday Christmas parties and whatnot. We're really going to go to town and, and, and just really try to promote with these guys to do something responsible at their holiday corporate parties and have uh, non-alcoholic options. Because a lot of people who are just taking a break, they don't want to just do iced tea and soda and sparkling water. I mean, they just want to have like a, you can have a legit old-fashioned margarita, whatever everybody else is drinking. Um, and, and, and I see it happening already. So I think it's going to be pretty strong fourth quarter with that whole non-alcoholic segment. Well, you know, you are always been a have always been a business person that I have the utmost respect with, and you know we can go back to when you first you know came on the show to talk with us about things that you were doing during you know the Russian invasion of Ukraine and how you were raising money and you raised incredible sums of money for you know the local Ukrainian community and and the Ukraine itself by you know doing different things. Look, if you're going to dump your Russian vodka. <laughs> dump it right. here, smash the bottle and, and, you know, make a donation and then all that great stuff you were doing. So the idea of a non-alcoholic cocktail line in a liquor store, you know, the two things probably don't go together, but you found a way to bring it together by being responsible, by offering choices and by being, you know, a citizen before a business person, I applaud you for that. It's a really, really unique thing and and, and certainly different. Um, and just goes along with everything you do for the community of, you know, everywhere. But, you know, at first when I saw you doing that, I'm like, okay, I, I think he's a little deep off the deep end here. Well, you really, you know, put a lot of effort into that and, and you know, really changed my outlook on it because – Something now I think about at events. What can I do as a non-alcoholic specialty drink? You know, why am I just offering soft drinks or you know uh, a summer tea or something like that? Why don't I offer something a little better? You know, and, and God bless you. You did that so well. What's happening in the world of wine? Who's hot now? What do we got? Uh, you know, that we should be paying attention to, or what should we be trying? Well, you know, I mean, obviously we're we're well into rosé season. And that's, uh, you know, I, it, one of my favorite times of year. I just, you know, we, we, we have just such an amazing selection of, of pink wine this time of year um, from everywhere. I mean, not just, you know, Provence, but literally every wine-growing region, whether it's Greece or George, Georgia, the country, um, um, Italy, and, you know, everywhere, really. Uh, local, local as well. New York, we have some really cool New York State rosés. Um, and another really hot, um, which we kind of saw really explode last summer, was uh, is Portuguese Vinho Verde. Um, you know, I don't really drink much of that, but it's amazing how much uh, people just kind of drink that, like, 7-Up. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like a little lower in alcohol, has like a slight spritz to it, like really delicious, fresh lemon-lime notes, um, we're actually doing a, a tasting this Friday on uh, Portuguese porch pounders, which include uh, 
a delicious vino verde, uh, a nice rosé from Portugal, um, and and then like a, a light crianza as well. So uh, red, red wine. Uh, but yeah, vino verde in particular, which, you know, vino verde takes the name from the region. And it's also the grape. Uh, Albarino really is the grape that they use, but they're just delicious. Just bright, fresh, low alcohol, easy drinking. To me, they're like great breakfast wine, you know, good stuff on a, on a Sunday. <laughs> Love it. I, I just like the idea of a breakfast wine that you had me there, you know, there you go. Kinda, you know, something a little bit different. It's five o'clock so, somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So when, when you're heading to the beach or you're, you know, you're laying out poolside or, you know, with, with your incredible family, you know, what are you drinking? Well, you know, it's funny you say, cause I'm actually here right now in Long Beach Island. And, um, right before I hopped on a call, I just took my last little sip of, um, a, a little rosé sparkling wine from Oregon, um, from Shehalem Vineyards called Chemistry, oh, Chemistry Pinot Noir, Rosé, delicious, little sparkling wine. Yeah, I'm all about bubbles. I love, I love, you know, sparkling wine, uh, whether it's, you know, champagne, champagne, or, you know, Prosecco's, um, uh, one of my favorite, um, sparkling wine producers, Schramsberg out of Napa Valley. That's like absolutely fantastic. Gruway from New Mexico, another big uh, favorite of mine. But yeah, lots of bubbles. We always do lots of bubbles around the uh, in the summertime. Just refreshing, light, easy drinking. So for our listeners who don't know, you know Frank, owner of FranksWine.com, uh, Frank's Wine in Wilmington, Delaware, down off of. Uh, North Union Street there, right in, in kind of blocks away from Little uh, Italy. So, you know, what you want to do a great trip, go down to Wilmington, you know, stop by Frank's, grab a couple bottles, get a little education while you're down there. The most helpful staff you will ever find and knowledgeable ones at that. And then, you know, head over to Little Italy. If you've never been to Little Italy in Wilmington, you're missing out. There's some amazing restaurants there. Also provides wonderful, wonderful, wonderful services for weddings, corporate events, holiday events, birthdays, anything like that. All kinds of arrangements can be made. Frank, tell our listeners where they can find out much more information about what's going on in your store and how to uh, do business with you. Thanks, Gene. We'll do. So we're definitely uh, we're, we're we're pretty vocal out there on social media. So on Facebook, Frank's Wine, um, Instagram, same deal, Frank's Wine. And then also on our website, we kind of have like our whole upcoming tasting schedule of events. Uh, we actually have our entire uh, bar NA lineup of non-alcoholic beverages, beer, wine, spirits, all buzz-free, zero proof. Um, yeah, I, I'd say you could definitely like Facebook is probably Facebook, Instagram are definitely the best places to kind of follow us of like, you know, new items coming in or, or impromptu tastings, upcoming events that we have going on. Um, so yeah, frankswine.com. Good, good spot to check can, out. And you can get the, uh, how to order corporate and everything else like that. Before we let you go, Frank, is it's always a pleasure to have you. What made your, your number one for Swedish meatballs? What, what, what in that stood out? All right. So the number one, um, in Delaware, and, and there were uh, many contestants, 
was Pizza by Elizabeth in Greenville, Delaware. Had ridiculously good, outstanding Swedish meatballs. I don't know if they're making a Swedish meatball pizza. They probably should because, I mean, just presentation-wise, all around, texture, the, the, the brown gravy. They were, they were absolutely delicious. I could definitely do a, uh, a Swedish meatball pizza. I think I'm going to have to go in there when we get back and uh, order one up and see what they can do for us. Well, you know, maybe Sue and I will come down and we'll take a ride out and, and grab a couple bottles of wine as well and, you know, have a little sparkling rosé or something like that. I would love it. Pizza. That would be a wonderful thing. You know what? I would absolutely love it. I'm going to take you up on that, Gene. I love it. That's great. All right, Frank. Where are we go? Frank, thank you for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. Thank you, Frank. Thanks for having me again. It's always great to uh, to hang with you guys. Thank Appreciate you. It. com for all information about the show. You can find me across social media at ARPolicus or email me at ARPolicus at gmail.com if you'd like to be a guest or a sponsor of the show. Chef Gene. You can find me at IBFoodie2 or at Team across social media, or you can email me directly at IBFoodie2 at yahoo.com. That's I-B-F-O-O-D-I-E, the number two, at yahoo.com. Have a great week, everybody. Eat, eat well. We'll see you next week.